there and welcome to the One Church Podcast. This message was recorded live at one of our services. If you'd like to know more about life at One Church, visit us online at weareone.church or check us out on social media. So today we have a very special treat because we have more than just a preach this morning. We have a a journey, a story uh, of a couple that we've come to love very much here in One Church Bristol. And they're going to really share with us their their journey and story of their own sense of calling from God and where that's taken them so far and where that's taken them in the future. It's going to be really interesting, but also believe God's going to speak to us through their story and their journey. So I want you to give a massive One Church Bristol welcome to Kai and Emily. Thank you, Kai and Emily. Come and join us on the stage. Good morning. Should we bring yourself forward a bit? Yeah. Hi, everyone. Um, cool. As Mike says, we're, um, we're going to talk a little bit about our story this morning. Um, I'm going to explain how we're going to do that in just a second, but here's why. Um, so at We Are One this year in October, we're talking, like, the whole theme is the call. We're going to be talking about what calling looks like for our church as a network. We're going to be talking about how that calling can impact you and your life and what that's going to look like. But in the lead up to that over the next few weeks, um, we've been asked to, like, kind of set the basis of, like, to talk through calling a little bit. Because who's ever heard the word calling in church and gone, yeah, okay, I kind of get that. Who's ever heard the word calling in church and gone, what the flip does that mean? (laughs) Who's ever heard somebody say, what's your calling? And you've gone, I don't know. Um, I think the reality is that we all start somewhere with this journey. And if you've not been in church for a while, this, this term calling might be a new thing. If you've been in church for a long time, you might have been on this journey of calling for yourself for a really, really long time. And um, what I think is really cool is that no matter where you are on this journey, there is something that you can learn. There's something that we can learn. And even as we've been preparing this, uh, we've realized that actually we're still learning what calling is as we're going. And uh, it's really exciting. It can be really frustrating. Um, But this morning, what we wanted to do was do this in a slightly different way. Um, How many of you when you get a chance, go out for a coffee or for a date with your significant other or somebody you'd like to be your significant other? Uh, how many of you, when you are in that situation, find yourself earwigging, not on what your partner or on who you're with is saying, but the person behind you, to your left, to your right, over there is saying, and actually you walk away being able to tell your partner more about what you heard than what they said to you? <laughs> Fully guilty. Um, And so what we thought would be a really nice way of doing this, something that we love doing is going out for a coffee. So we literally have a cup of coffee with us. Um, And rather than us preaching at you, we're going to have a conversation. We're going to like talk through our journey. And and the ideal is that this feels like it's really natural and like it's just happening. We have fully planned this because we've been given 30 minutes. And as we've practiced this, it's it's not 30 minutes. So we have planned it. Uh, We have got points that we're going to. But this is... Sounds really cheesy, and this could be a podcast, couldn't it? It's a conversation with Kai and Emily. Right, sit down, because we haven't got a lot of time. (laughs) No theme tune. (laughs) Um, So Kai is the one that listens to all the conversations when we go out, and I just see his eyes. He's just, he's gone somewhere else. Whereas I am fully present, and I know I've just got eyes on you. So Kai, we're talking about um, calling... Um, and we are, I'm 30, you're 31. Yes. So we've lived some life, but not as much life as everyone else. <laughs> um, 
so where did life start for you? What kind of like family were you in? And yeah. So um, we both grew up in a Christian home. Uh, both of our parents were in church and um, were serving in church. So for me, uh, my parents were youth leaders when I was very young. They used to do youth camps that I actually remember Mike as a younger person as well. Uh, but when I was younger, he was Mikey. <laughs> and my mum and dad still call him Mikey today. Um, but uh, I remember just always being around church and um, like having having an example to me what it means to live like a Christian and to live how Jesus wants you to. Like, I loved growing up. We, we never had a lot, but we never went without. Um, yeah, I, I love my childhood. I love being in church. I love being around church. Um, because I was the youth leader's kids, it meant that when they did those, like, stupid sleepovers on a Friday night, we would get to go, and, like, all the young people would love us because we were kids and we were cute. Um, I don't know when that changed, but... <laughs> Um, but it was great, and, and really enjoyed it. And yours is quite similar. Yeah, so I grew up in a Christian family as well. Um, my mum and dad have always served in church, and they just made it an adventure all the time. Um, I remember one time our family was learning about generosity, and we were going through a bit of a tricky financial season. And um, my parents uh, said, right, we've got £100 cash to um, spend on whatever we want. Like, one of my great-uncles has gone, here you go. Um, but actually, what we're going to do is we know there's a, a group of young people on mission this weekend. Um, wouldn't it be fun if we gave the money to them and said, you do what you want with it? And me and my brother were like, wow, that is so much fun. Imagine if we were just given £100 to do whatever we wanted. Um, so on this Saturday night, our parents suddenly got all these text messages from all these young people. And Kai was actually away on the mission at the time. I think I must have been about 15 um, and they were all texting saying, thank you so much. We've just gone out and spent £100 on sweets and treats. Um, but just that, like, the kingdom principles that we would be in tour was, like, you give when it's tricky, um, but it's so much fun and it's so exciting because when you do something, then God turns up. And that was just the kind of the story that we were around and that's what we were experiencing and, and right. as we were growing up. So, so because of that, we both made decisions that we wanted Jesus to be our friend very early on. Like, yeah. I was six at Sunday school. You were younger than that. Yeah, I remember I was really small. My dad was talking to me about Jesus. Um, I, know I, I felt like I, I wanted to know Jesus for myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and often when people talk about calling, it, it means that like, you have to give up your dreams. So we got some photos. Like, this will help. We got some photos that we wanted to show you <laughs> of, of us living out or like, foreshadowing what our dreams were as kids. Uh, so... You can't really see that. Um, Emily wanted to be a teacher, and as soon as she was in school, became the teacher's pet. Yeah. So that's you at your desk. Uh, the photo of me is actually really not as bright, which is probably a good thing, because I'm half naked, but as a young boy, so it's, it's, it's okay. But I'm dressed up as a fireman. And I, like, that was always a dream for me. I yeah. always wanted to be a fireman. You always wanted to be a teacher. You've lived yours out. Yeah. I haven't. I did have a funny phase in the middle where I wanted to be a vet, but I, I realized that I'm rubbish at science, and, and don't like I animals. don't really like animals. <laughs> so <laughs> I went back to the teacher thing. There's a really sad joke. They bring your animal to you, and you go, that's not worth it. No. <laughs> we'll, um, we'll deal with it for you. Yeah. Um, but um, this, I guess from early on in us, there was this, like, we want to serve God, right? Yeah. And I experienced that personally. I remember being in my bedroom with my Bible, <laughs> writing my journal, because I was the little teacher that liked to write with my, my pens. But I, I remember just loving being in, in the presence of God from very early on and just saying, like, God, whatever you want to do with my life, 
even though I'm scared, this is this is the route that I want to go for the rest of my life. Yeah, there comes a point in the journey where it's not just you do church because it's what your parents do. Like, yes, you've accepted Jesus, but like you really made that decision. For me, it was 12 at like a youth camp where yeah. I just had this encounter that was like, okay, God, like whatever you ask of me, I'll do it. Wherever you send me, I'll go. Um, and like almost laying down all of my dreams, but saying, God, it's yours. Um, which, yeah, is a, is a crazy journey. And when you're 12, you don't really get that. Yeah. When you're focused on being a teacher and being a fireman, yeah. what do you do with that? So you became, like you, so you said you were about 12. So what did yeah. you do with that then? If you're saying like, God, I want to do whatever for you, what, then what? I just found myself saying yes to every opportunity in church. Like I planted myself in church. I, <laughs> like to my parents' annoyance every night, I could literally tell you my week based on what I was doing in church. So Monday night, um, would be a fire academy meeting, which was a development program, Tuesday night serving at kids, Wednesday night music practice, Thursday night home groups, Friday night youth, Saturday was the off day, but I'd be out with friends, not doing my homework like I should be, and then Sunday was church, and back then we were doing two services in the morning and a service in the evening, and like literally all of my free time was spent in church, but I made a decision, like God, wherever you are, I want to be there, and I want to be serving you. Mm. Um, and yeah, and that and was very similar. similar for me, maybe not as hardcore as you, because I did like to do my homework. Um, but yeah, just loved being in the house. Just planted in the house from early on. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make the squash for the kids if that's the only thing I can do today. Um, and just, yeah, just wanna just serve you, God. Mm. Um, and so I guess that was us alongside growing up a little bit. And then um, when we were 16 and 17, we suddenly were attracted. <laughs> we were suddenly attracted to each other. And you have to know that I was the teacher's pet and I was the goody choose shoes kid in the Sunday school class as well. So, like, Emily doesn't have boyfriends until Kai, all of a sudden. Um, but that was a bit crazy anyway in itself, wasn't it? Because we were 16 and 17, but it wasn't just, yeah, we liked each other, but we really felt from our very first date, like, we were being put together for a purpose. We sat in McDonald's and, and you asked me three questions. Number one, is this serious? Number two, do you see yourself marrying me? Number three... <laughs> What does that mean? I was not messing around, right? 16-year-old Emily was not being messed around. <laughs> There's a whole backstory to that, which you don't have time to you go into. You can ask us about that, but, Emily. But the answer to that was, yes, this is serious. Yes, I see myself marrying you. What does that mean? Well, I've said yes to Jesus, and, and I, I actually mean, like, wherever he sends me. So we could be going, if, if this is serious, we could be going anywhere in the world. Are you up for that? Yeah. And you said yes? Yeah. <laughs> Regretting it yet? Yeah. Yeah. So, you're regretting that? Huh? No, 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 no. Oh. I thought you said, are you ready? Oh, no, you're ready. No, no. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but obviously, we we're only 16 and 17 at the time, so couldn't do a lot. We had to do A-levels and stuff. I had to do we school. Yeah. yeah, we had to go through school. Um, but we, we both did that. Yeah. But even in the time when we were doing school and, like, learning what a relationship with each other looked like, we continued to serve in church. We continued to honor God and do everything that we could to build his kingdom yeah. and build his house. Yeah, and then as we were going along, we just felt like the weight of of serving God's house was so much bigger for us than, I'm going to say just, but just turning up and filling out our rotor slot. And that's fine if that's what you're called to, but for us, it felt like God was just putting the weight of ministry on us. Um, and we just thought, like, what, what do we do with that? Um, so we both decided to take a gap year, didn't we? Separate times. Yeah. Um, and just say, right, well, I'm just going to position myself to grow because I know that, like, it's, it feels like God's calling us into 
building his kingdom in this specific way through the church. Um, and there's yeah, not we, really need like a, we need a to get career around. Pathway no, there's not though. a career pathway. <laughs> just, <laughs> so we just d- did what we'd always done. It was just planting the house, get around good people, yeah. and learn to grow. Yeah. And it was great. And it was fun. Yeah. And it was loads of fun, yeah. And it still is fun, yeah. to be clear. It we still, still love fun. church. <laughs> um, but then I remember, um, so we used to do youth ministry on a Friday night, and we'd be up late, and we'd take the youth to McDonald's, and that was all crazy. And then we'd get home, and because we hadn't seen each other all week, uh, we'd want to stay up late and chat. So we'd stay up till like early hours of the morning, sat in my parents' kitchen, wouldn't we? Yeah. And I remember you, I don't know, you must have been about 20, maybe, 19, 20. And you, it was just, you seemed like you were really dissatisfied. You were working, weren't you? Serving God, yep. working, and it, like, can you just tell us about that a bit? Yeah, um, my my personality is one that gets quite bored and frustrated quite quickly. So, like, <laughs> anybody who knows me well, after about two years, I get really itchy feet, and I'm like, right, what's new? Where, like, what's next? And and like, we've been in this period of like steadiness, where where it was good, but like, I'd had things that were spoken over me, like prophetic words over me, and it felt like that wasn't moving anywhere. And I was getting dissatisfied in my job, because I was like, this isn't outworking the calling that I believe that's on me. Um, like, frustrated, in that frustration, like, surprisingly for us, I was the one crying. Yeah. Sat on your mum and dad's kitchen floor at, like, 2 o'clock in the morning, just crying, and you yeah. were going, like, oh, what do I do with you? Because yeah. the tricky thing is, at that point, you felt like you wanted to do your ministry training, yep. but there was no in, there was no way to do it. And at the same time, you th- always thought about being a firefighter, but nowhere was recruiting. Mm-hmm. So, like, the two dreams that you kind of had, there was nothing. There was no way, yeah. And, and, and in that, I guess there was, like, this real fear for me that I was going to miss the calling that God had on me. Mm. Um, Do you think you could miss it? At the time, I did. And, um, and I had people that would speak into me. But as a young man, I didn't want to hear this. Like, saying, if you are following the will of God, you cannot miss your calling. Like, he's not going to overlook you. He's not going to pass you by. He's not going to miss you. And um, as a 20, 21-year-old, I was like, yeah, that's all well and good for you to say. You're living your calling. Like, that kind of attitude. Um, but I've come to realize over time, you literally can't miss it. And, and, and what I, th- I think the thing that changed in that is calling didn't become a de- calling changed from being a destination to being the journey that you're on. And so, like, I was looking at this final goal thinking, that's my calling. But the reality was, in that moment, my calling was to learn to be a good partner, boyfriend, which later became husband for you. I was learning to be a good son and a good steward of what God had given me, a good servant in his house. And that, at that time, was my calling, Um, which, as the journey's gone, that's just, it's become a bit clearer. And, And I think that's quite easy, isn't it? For you, maybe you've been in that situation before where you feel like God's asked you to do something, but it's just not outworking itself. Like, maybe this is a word for someone this morning. You're not going to miss it. You can't miss it if you keep on just positioning yourself, saying, God, here I am, use me. Here I am, use me. Here I am, use me. Wherever you are, just saying yes to God. Um, So we found ourselves at a bit of a junction, didn't we? Because it was like, okay, I can't just be passive about this anymore. I'm going to have to make a move. Mm -hmm. So uh, I remember we were talking about getting married and I being the practical one was like okay well we don't have a lot of money right now so let's just wait another year and you were like no that's exactly why we should do it because like we believe that God's called us to be together so let's get engaged and at the same time deciding to leave my 
full-time salary job to go and work full-time voluntarily for church yeah. so like literally nothing coming in but saying we're going to do this because we believe it's something yeah. that god's positioned us for right now yeah and we're going to get married at the end of it because that's just the logical thing to do yeah but we really had a conviction didn't we that um god was going to meet our needs mm-hmm. so you chose to give up full-time paid work just so you could go and position yourself to grow and if if that was the place that god was calling you to right now he yeah. was not going to leave you there yeah and, and it was a crazy year wasn't it like yeah I, so i found myself in rooms that i just shouldn't have been in and and not through anything that i'd done but just by saying yes so i was in conversations at like really high leadership level talking about like where church was going not church as a local church but as a network and i was going uh am i actually allowed to be in here and they were like yeah yeah we just need you to take notes and that's all i did for a year i just said yes so i would take notes in meetings i would in pastoral meetings where like there were big things happening but i got to have an opportunity to learn under some incredible leaders in the in that time yeah and and it really was great yeah and you you learned so much in that and it didn't put you on a path to start your ministry training nope it didn't give you a fire fighting job <laughs> didn't nope. give us a regular income nope um but it did create just the next like the next step for us didn't it yeah and at the end of that year we were able to get married yeah yeah we did um so Aww. that was lovely um, <laughs> But even that was a crazy story. That was a crazy story. We don't have time to go into all of that, but if you want to know about, yeah, just the miracle of how we got married, then yeah, Ask we us. do that. Um, then a job came up at church. Yep. Which was full-time paid. And ministry training. And ministry training, which looked like the absolute obvious. It, it was basically the role that I was doing voluntarily, yeah. but paid. Yeah. And it looked great. Yeah had it in the bag nobody else was interested in doing this yeah but two two years of on the trot of that job being available and i didn't get either one of them yeah so, so obviously it wasn't the right thing no. i wasn't the right person which looking back now is is clear yeah. um but it did lead to the next step for us because we got the call about the second job when we were away for our anniversary in bournemouth yeah lovely bournemouth so kai went for this job at church two years in a row didn't get the job two years in a row um and and when you're 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 waiting for an opportunity from God. You're waiting for him to give you the green light. Like, here you go. Here's what I want you to do. And you think that you've got it worked out. <laughs> That's really, really hard. And we really had to lean into God and, and find out what he wanted from us in Probably that time. dig deep. Yeah, a dig deep. Like, we've never dig bef- dug. dug before. Oh, my word. I'm the dig teacher. Dug. <laughs> dug. Um, so we were away in Bournemouth, of all beautiful places. Um and yeah, Kai got this call to say, sorry, we're not going to employ you this time. Um, and I could have just wallowed there with him. But after I wallowed a little bit, I pulled myself together and was like, fine, right, let's go for dinner. So we marched ourselves down to the Harvester, of all great places, Bournemouth and the Harvester on a rainy day in October. Happy um, second anniversary. Yeah, yeah, on our second anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I was like, fine, if nothing's happening, then... We just got to do what we've always done. Let's just make a move. What should we do? And Kai's like, oh, I just want this job. I just want this job. I can't believe it. Blah, 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 blah. Um, and then for some reason, this idea came to me. Oh, you've been to Austria loads of times. You've been to Vienna. You've been to the mountains. I've never been. We should go. And I don't know where it came from. But we then started talking and just joking. Oh, let's go to Austria. Mm. 
Yeah, so when we got back, we met with John, who was the pastor at One Church Gloucester at the time. Uh, and he gave us a few options because we basically went to him and said, what's next? He said, here's your options. And of those, he gives three of those three options. The third one was, I oh, will just send you away on like a, a midterm mission. How does that sound? And we both laughed because it was like, have you been listening to our conversations? So we said about wanting to go to Austria. He said, oh, yeah, let's make it happen. So like a few emails later, um, a couple of phone calls and, and we had it planned that for a summer we would go and, and serve a church down in the south of Austria for yeah. that summer. Because it was all great serving at church in Gloucester but we just felt like we needed to just go and be in a different place and just learn from some different people and just, yeah, learn doing ministry abroad. Yeah, so we did that. Yeah, so we, we did had, that. We had a great great summer. Here's just a few photos. So um, one of the things that we were asked to do was to launch like a, a leadership development program for their young leaders. Uh, so that's what you can see on the left-hand side. There were like 10 of them that um, we spent like every Saturday morning that we were with them just doing some development programs and, and it was great. Uh, the picture on the right is the, the church building that we spent the time with. Um, and it was a dream. Yeah, it was like a dream come true. Because suddenly, for five weeks, we're in this bubble of, oh, it, it felt like this is what we were called to do. Mm. And we're, like, we're being stretched, we're being grown. We get to go to church every day of the week and just build in different ways. Traveling around churches, Traveling preaching around to churches, different places. Yeah, speaking into things, meeting with people. Yeah. It was like, oh, wow. Um, and then it ended and we came home. We went from like, <laughs> that next season of like 18 months was just horrific. It was the hardest season we'd ever been in. So we'd gone from like this mountaintop experience where we felt like we were living out what God had called us to do into Kai lost his job. I finished a year of uni, did my teacher training, and it was like, we were just on hurdle after hurdle after hurdle, mm. and nothing was easy. And we thought that we'd had to dig deep before, but we went to a whole different place, didn't we? Yeah, but even in that time, we, like, this is the constant through everything. We positioned ourselves, said yes to God, yeah. and we just served faithfully. Um, and we positioned ourselves and said, grow us. And, and there was a key verse, that you kept speaking out in that in yeah. Matthew, right? Yeah. Um, so you you might be familiar with it in Matthew six, verse thirty three. Um, but the couple of verses before that, I'll just go from thirty one. So do not worry, saying, "What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear?" For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all of these things will be given to you as well. And it was a verse that we'd. Um, we declared on our wedding day even that as we to seek first the kingdom of God, he would supply all of our needs. And in that time, it was like we really were tested in that, weren't we? Yeah. Of everything that we needed, we had to seek for. <laughs> our car was breaking all the time. We didn't have like regular income. It was just, it was just nuts. And it was very easy to look back over our shoulder and go, oh, but Austria was a dream. Like we could have we just stayed there. Like, God, what on earth are you doing now? Yeah, and, this and is nothing like what we... Sometimes we, we found ourselves in that comparison because our friends were getting amazing jobs, yeah. driving amazing cars, getting the dream houses, like everything. Yeah. And you're going, how is this fair, God? Like, yeah. what is going on We've here? chosen to follow you, and this is what we've yeah. got. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The car's broken down again. <laughs> but again, like, God was just teaching us and teaching us and teaching us and preparing us. Um, like the story of Joseph. If you, if you know the story of Joseph, that was years and years and years of God preparing him mm. 
to take him to the place that God had called him to be. And I just kept reading these Bible stories and thinking, oh, but I don't want that. I don't want to have to do the years and years and years of waiting. I don't want to have to do the years and years of frustration and feeling like we're missing it. I want to just be there. But yeah. I'm so grateful that we did that because we wouldn't, we wouldn't have the strength right. and the faith that we do if we, if we didn't go through that. Yeah. So we need to skip forward a couple of months. So yeah. November came around. Yeah. And we went away on a leadership development program with like the emerging leaders. Yeah. Mike so Simon, were there. Simon has this thing about like just taking people away and just throwing them in the deep end. Um, and he, he, took us <laughs> he took us away on a weekend and Mike and Danny were there. And I've never really spoken to Mike and Danny. And I'd heard that like church had been planted in Canesham. Great. So I thought, oh. And I remember asking the question, oh, have people stepped up then? And they were like, church is just really hard. It's just really hard right now. And there were lots of other things going on. And in that moment, I felt God saying, like, go and help them. And I was like, what? But they're in Bristol. They do church in Bristol. I live in Gloucester. And I just couldn't get away from it. And we, it was this Friday night session. And it was after work. And I was tired. And I wasn't, I've got to be honest, I wasn't really listening to the session. All I had in my mind was like, oh, you should go to Bristol. And I was like, okay, whatever. Um, so I wrote it down in my journal, and then I just ignored God for the rest of December and January. And I just felt him just keep saying, you need to go, you need to speak to Simon about Bristol. So end of January, I sent Simon an email, and I said, I don't know if this is anything. I don't know if Mike and Danny need any help in Bristol. But we just wanted to offer our help if he does, fully, like, just thinking, oh, you know, he might just go, oh, no, it's right, it's well under control. But actually, turned out that, yeah, Mike and Danny could do with some help, so. Yeah, so, like, let's blitz this. Yeah. Because in a period of, like, two years, a lot changed. So yeah. we said yes to Mike and Danny in March. Uh, we honoured the stuff that we were doing in Gloucester. Yeah. Moved to Bristol as church in September. And then March 2020, what hit? COVID. Yeah. Uh, so all of a sudden, what we knew to be church became something very different. And here's just a still. Of, <laughs> uh, we started doing One Church Bristol Online. Who remembers that? Hmm. Um, at the same time, we just had a house approved in Gloucester. So we, like, we bought our first house, which was really exciting. We said yes to doing church in Bristol. Uh, like, so we were streaming church from like four different locations at a time, from our house, all online. And it was... At the same time, we found out we were pregnant yeah, with Harry. Yeah, we were pregnant with Harry. And um, if you're not familiar with our story, Harry came with lots of complications. So it was very like, are we going to survive pregnancy this week? Are we going to do another week of pregnancy? Mm -hmm. So we were walking out at the same time. So like, working through that, Harry arrived in October. Yeah. And literally everything that the doctors were saying were like, you just need to make the most of every minute you've got with him. Uh, we spent four months in and out of hospital trying to understand what was going on with him. Crazy, crazy, crazy stuff. But at the end of all of that, uh, we got to June 21. Yeah. Harry was stable. We were figuring out what life looks like as parents of a young, like as par first time parents with a kid with seriously complex needs. Yeah. And you had the first time where you really got to breathe. Yeah. So, um, I guess we've always had this call to ministry, but I just felt like what God had given us was, that was so far away from that now, because how on earth could we go anywhere for God, do anything, 
this was my human thinking at the time, with a child that's on a ventilator day and night that can't feed for himself. Like, how can I do anything for God in that time? And I was driving along in the countryside and God just went, oh, what about Austria? And I was like, pardon? <laughs> like, do you know the life I'm living right now? Um, and he said to me, a lot can change in two years. And I was like, yeah, okay. Um, again, did what I did when, when God told me to come to Bristol, just wrote it down in my journal and then just went, okay, whatever. I don't really want to entertain that thought. Cause, but I did start crying. And whenever God speaks to me, I start crying. So I felt like, oh, no, like, what am I going to do now? <laughs> okay. So a few days later, we got a message from... Um, from a church leader in Austria, leads a network of like 16 churches. Bear in mind, I hadn't even told Kai about it. Yeah, I told you about this conversation, had <laughs> I? I'd had all. this conversation with God, and then the pastor, the leader of the network in Austria, calls us. So she, she offered us a role with a church, like a church plant. There was a job, there was a house, there was a salary, like everything you could dream of. And it was like, ah. uh, I was hating work at the time. So I was like, God, however you get me out of this, Kai do was it. on the plane, he was gone. Oh, I could have moved the next day. But as we prayed about it, God just went, this isn't right for you. There were things in it that just didn't sit right. But finally, for us, there was this confirmation that for years and years and years, people have been saying, oh, what about Austria? And we were going, no, 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 God's not spoken. But God finally dropped it in our hearts. Like, I want, I want you to go and do church in Austria. And we were like, okay. Okay. So this has to be a miracle now because our life situation, our family situation, that is so beyond us. Yeah. Yeah. But so, so this started a conversation, yeah. and um, like we never stop serving one church. Our heart is fully one church. We love this church. We love this network. Uh, it's home for us. That's not going to change. But God was beginning to move us in a different way again, and uh, and and this journey just began to expand to something that we never even imagined. Right. Yeah. So we spent a year in conversation about what it could look like if we were to move to Vienna. Yeah. And then we went We went to Vienna last year. I don't know if, if you've been to Vienna. It's a beautiful city. But I was like, God, I'm not moving here. <laughs> like, <laughs> this doesn't feel like us at all. Um, but we also planned... So we planned to go do a yeah. bit of a recce in Vienna because you've yeah. never been. And then we were going to go spend a week down in the south with friends. Like, and literally holiday. And this is what our holiday looked like. Yeah. So this is where we've been lots of times. And we, d we did that summer there in 2016, but then we went back every year. And so we just thought, oh, but we've never actually holidayed there, so let's just go and enjoy our time there. Yeah. Um, but God had other plans. So um, we met with Esther, who was the pastor in the church in Philak. Um, she sat down with us. She, she's the one that spent the month with us. She's the one that we really felt a, a really strong connection to, like she was going to pull the best out of us. Yeah. And she sat across the table from us, and she said, why are you going to Vienna? And our response was, because there's a church opportunity that we've been asked to go and do. And she said to us, like six years ago, I told you, if ever you wanted to move to Austria, there would be opportunity for you here. At which point, you cried. I started crying again. <laughs> so <laughs> so maybe God's speaking. Yeah. And as we talked, and we ta talked about the future, and we talked about our heart, and she talked about her heart, it, just, it was just this amazing moment where things just felt like they clicked. At the same time, we were two months pregnant with Zoe. We were two months pregnant with Zoe. <laughs> so, like, timing is ridiculous. Why would yeah. we move to another country with two young kids? One that's seriously complicated. One, who knows what's going to happen yeah. with that. Um, but we've always said, just as our parents raised us in the house, 
of God, just as they made it an adventure, we were going to bring our kids along. So that's why you see us with our kids every Sunday, juggling them around. And thank you to everybody that helped. Yeah. Be- because this it, calling on our lives just isn't on us. us. No. It's our family. Yeah. And it's Harry and it's Zoe. Yeah. And 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 so in November last year. Yes. We had we a Zoom call. Had a Zoom call. And we officially said yes to move to Austria. We are going to move to Austria. Which, yeah, big deep breath. Two years ago, God said to me, a lot can change in two years. And the miracles that we have seen in Harry's life have been unbelievable. And our life isn't in a state of emergency like it was every day in 2021. Yeah. And so, like, whatever God said, I just have to trust that he will be faithful. Um, cause it says in, in the Bible that no word from God will ever return void. And that's just been the story of everything. And I know that it's going to continue to be the story. That God will say something. And even if I don't believe it, and even if I write in my journal and run away, he's going to be faithful to fulfill that. Yeah. Um, And and so um, here's why we're doing this this morning. Because the journey of calling is something that we are all on. And it's not just a nice way to share the news. It is that. Um, But we wanted to talk this through with you as our church, as our family. Because in October at We Are One, we're going to be telling the network of One Church that we're going to be going to Austria. Um, Now, this doesn't change our heart for this house. And it doesn't change our heart for One Church. Because like I said, it's home. And it has been since we were tiny kids. And it will be for a long, long time. The relationships that we have with each of, w- each of you, the relationships we have across the network are essential to us. And, uh, and you've got to know it's not an easy decision that we've made. <laughs> and it's not one that we've just made on our own. Like we've been in conversation with Mike and Danny since before we even moved to Bristol. Uh, like Simon and Ali have for a long time been telling us, you're Jesus's. So wherever he takes you, we'll, we'll release you. Um, but we want you to know that we love you. And we're not doing this because we're like, stuff you, we're off, see you later. Uh, it's because we genuinely feel like this is where God is leading us to next. Yeah. And it's part of the calling for us. So, so the details of it are that we're going to be joining the team in Life Church Philak in October next year. Um, they've, here's something exciting. Um, a few of you might remember, we are one a few years ago, we took an offering for a church building, for a church in, in Austria. That's the church that we're going to. And, uh, and here's the building project. So it got finished um, a couple of weeks ago. They move in as a church next week, which is really exciting. They're doing an official opening in a couple of weeks' time in October. But the money that you put into building this building, like here's the fruit of it. And, uh, and we didn't know at the time that we were going, so we invested into that ourselves, like thinking we're going to bless that church, we're going to bless the people that we know. Yeah. Uh, who, who knew that we were going to be part of seeing the fruit of that? And, and it really is exciting, the opportunities that are there are really great. Yeah, um, they've got a big um, international English-speaking community, so there's some big employers in the area, um, so they're in the south of south of Austria, um, and they do translation through headsets during their services at the moment, um, so that if you speak English, you can hear what's going on in English. Uh, they've got a group of, of people that meet together, haven't they? Uh, and the dream is that they start an international service, so once a month, everything is in English. Um, so that's something that we will go and help with. Mm-hmm. But other than that, we're going to have to learn. Well, Kai's pretty good at German anyway. I know very little German. 
Um, we're going to have to learn German. We're going to have to learn the Austrian way. We're going to have German-speaking kids. We're going to have German-speaking kids. They're going to be speaking to me, and I'm not going to know what <laughs> they're saying. <laughs> they could get away with a lot. Um, yeah, we're going to have to find jobs. So there's no paid job with church um, yet, maybe, if there might be in the future. But that doesn't even matter to us because we just know that God has called us there. And we know that he'll meet our needs. He always has done. Yeah. He always will do. So. But, but the thing is, this isn't it. No, this so is like not it. So we spoke about how the calling isn't a destination. This next move for us is the next stepping stone on our journey. And, and hear me right in it. It's not that we're looking at it thinking, oh, that's going to launch us into the next. No, no, no. We're going to go and give our everything in there until God says, go to the next. And, um, and, and I guess that's where that leads us to now. Mm. Like, wherever you're at, because this isn't just us telling our news, okay? The whole point of this is that we all see that we are on this journey. You are on this journey of what calling looks like for you. Um, like, don't worry if it looks like your current step is a stepping stone to the next. Because I think that's the reality of what calling in is. I, I think it's when you understand that God ha- is positioning you, is step- making you move, is, is taking you, is placing you to the next place. Like, don't be worried if it feels like you're not satisfied where you're at because the next is coming. Because I believe God will move you. God will position you. In fact, if you position yourself, God will meet you there. And he will take you on that journey. And who knows where you might end up. But for us as a church, God's got a bigger calling too. Our calling isn't to remain a church of 44 people that meet in Cadbury Heath, whilst church is good. I I genuinely believe God sees bigger for us as a location. God sees bigger for you where you're at. God sees bigger for us as well. And and we're going to wrap up. Um, but what we wanted to do was um, we, we wanted to pray specifically for two areas because as we were talking through this, we realized like that idea of missing the calling, that can really hold you back. And um, like, I'm not asking you to put your hands up, but I wonder if, if you can relate to that and maybe you feel like that, maybe you felt like that of like, God, I don't want to miss this. I really don't want to miss this. And like, you find yourself really fighting that. Um, I want to let you know this morning, you can't miss it. Just keep saying yes to God. When a door opens, push it. And if it opens, step into it and see what he'll do in that. Because it might be a door that you never thought would be there. Or it might be an opportunity you think, God's not in that, but he'll meet you. I promise. And then there's like everyone. Like each and every one of us is on this journey of calling. And you might find yourself in a, in a time right now where that's quite frustrating. Like my, my journey of calling as a parent at two o'clock in the morning, that's frustrating. And I'm like, God, there's got to be bigger than this. But also, my journey of becoming a better dad to my two kids is part of the calling that God has on my life. And, and I believe that God has a calling where you're at, to be a better employee, to be a better child, to be a better spouse, to be a better parent, whatever that looks like for you. Your journey of calling isn't one where God just says go. He will be with you every step of the way, and he'll meet you where you're at. And so we want to pray for you, if that's okay, this morning. So where you're at just right now, would you just close your eyes, bow your head?
No one's looking around. I just wonder, is there anyone in the room that feels like you, you have that fear that you're going to miss what God's called you to? Like you have that genuine like, God, if this doesn't happen now, I don't see how I can achieve what you've called me to. I, I see that. Is there anybody else? Yeah, cool. Yeah, got you. Like I want to speak into you this morning. When you position yourself and you say yes to God, you will never miss what he's called you to. So God, I pray a peace over each person this morning. That as we walk this journey of what you've called us into, and, and each of us separately, God, let us know, like not just head knowledge, but know in our soul that we can't miss it when we, when when we honour what you've called us to, and when we step into places and say, God, here I am, use me. We will never miss what you've called us into. And for each of us, as we walk this journey of calling for you, God, I pray that whatever that looks like, whatever the path looks like in this room, that we would see you work in us, that we would see fruit, that is people coming to know you, Jesus, because that's what you've called us each to, to go and make disciples. So help us on that journey. Help us in understanding that. And God, we look forward to celebrating the fruit that we see out of each step, each, each move. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Should we pray for this family? Father, we, uh, yeah, actually, bring the kids forward. We'll pray for uh, Harry and, and Zoe, and we'll pray for the families. Uh, Kai and them haven't given me permission to say this, but I'll say it anyway. Uh, free holidays for everyone in Austria. Um, that's coming soon. That's coming soon. <laughs> Only in one church, Bristol, though, yeah? yeah. None of the other, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Pra- practically, we, we don't know the dates and times. We, we've got this date of October next year. We think Kai and Emily will be around up until probably the summer, give or take. So, so expect to have them around still for a while. But you, we wanted to bring you in on this journey as well so that we could join with them in their faith as they seek God's calling in their lives.